The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here comes the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. It's about time. Even before Jesus mentions the day and the hour, there are six references to time in Jesus' parable. So, it is about time. Time of grave underestimation and time of great expectation. It's time for a wedding. Ten girls prep for the party. Five are crimping and primping with something like this. That groom, oh, he is unbelievable. He is crazy about her. There is nothing that he would not do for that girl. And with a pitter-patter of the heart, something like, oh, to be loved like that. And five others are powdering their noses and putting on their dresses with something like this. What a tool. Who would have taken that guy for such a pushover? I mean, how did he end up with a hag like that? You know, there's marrying down, and then there is marrying down. And with a huff of dismissal, they're off to the wedding thinking something like, whole thing's a farce. The parable is about time. It's about the difference between wisdom and foolishness. Wisdom has to do with great expectations about how a wedding sort of love plays out in time, and foolishness has to do with an underestimation of the same. Now you see, weddings in Jesus' day were not the same as we know them, not exactly. No tuxes, no fancy cake, 
No plastic smiles after two hours of photographs, no chicken dance. Weddings were evening affairs with multiple locations. And the high point came when the groom arrived, then there was big ceremony. The maiden's role was to come out and meet the groom and take him in lighted procession to the home where the bride was waiting. And then the actual marriage ceremony and, and the biggest festivities took place. And those evening weddings were also different in this way. If the groom was late, it wasn't necessarily nerves or bar hopping with the groomsmen. It was negotiations with the bride's family that were taking time. What gifts were to be given? What price was to be paid for her? Long time equals precious bride. Precious to those to whom she belongs and precious to him to whom she will belong. The bride is not coming cheap, and the groom is not giving up. And so the groom is delayed. There's nothing easy about what is said here. It's not Christians equal wise people who go to heaven and non-Christians equal foolish people who don't. There is instead something both fearsome and wondrous here. And the difference in the oil indicates that something, the difference between foolishness and wisdom. You see, the wise have oil reserves with them, the foolish don't. And that difference in oil indicates a difference in their estimation of the groom and in their estimation of his bride. So Jesus is telling a parable about diverging valuations of himself and of his bride, the church. On the foolish hand, there is grave underestimation. On the wise hand, great expectation. To the foolish, who eventually end up outside of the final nuptial festivities, Jesus is not unknown. He's underestimated. And the same goes for his bride. Not unknown, but underrated. The witness of the scriptures is that the Lord's bride is his people. And in the New Testament, his people is his church. God weds himself to the church. She even receives his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in baptism. Those who get locked out of the full and final feast are those who know both groom and bride, both Christ and church, but they know them as short and shallow realities, weak, cheap, predictable, the foolish are invited to the party, given an honored role, and they go, but they don't expect much. You see, for some, Jesus' love for his bride does not extend to the depths of the night. Now, the foolish may know the night. All of us, in fact, know the darkness. 
But at its midpoint, at its depth, they don't see a place where they expect to meet God. That's not a place where love triumphs. Not a place where a unique faithfulness ends up creating wonder. Instead, in, in their estimation, the night is a place of pain and betrayal. For the hedging of bets, it's a place of the loss of hope and the hardening of hearts. It's a place that's populated by chumps and tramps and the damage that they do and the failures that they are. The foolish know the night plenty well. They know it as their own. And their informed estimation says that there is no real love and nothing beautiful there. But the bridegroom that Jesus presents here is late, way late, middle of the night late. And then not only late, but in fact, coming, coming for his bride. He has gone the distance of the night for her. When Christ paid the price for his bride, he in fact did so in darkness so deep that it held sway over the noonday one Friday. It took hours. And a greater price has never been paid for love. So as Jesus bids you to watch, it is not time for underestimation, but for great expectation. And that difference in estimation, that distinction between wisdom and foolishness, between finally in and finally out, also has to do with how you esteem yourself and how we regard ourselves. Now, of course, it is true that we are one version of loser after another. You know how cheap and how easy you can come, how foolish you can be. None of us deserve a love so wondrously unpredictable that it's in fact unimaginable in our darkness. And yet, that is precisely the love that has been turned toward you. You're not cheap. You're not a chump. Nobody is settling for you. Here's the thing, friends. If a king marries you, you're a queen. There has never been anybody who's been more loved than all of you are loved. You are royalty. And you'd be fools not to see yourselves that way. And this love of our groom is not done yet. At this time, he is still adding to his bride. The doors of his church are not shut yet. They are open. Christ is not done with his bride yet. The fullness of her regal character and her beauty are still emerging. With every hour of history that goes by, the greatest of all love stories is unfolding still further. So it is time for us to watch 
and to expect yet a bit more to come before the bridegroom comes, and come he will. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.